0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number thirty-five. I am Matt O'Leary. I am joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you tonight?
1: I'm pretty good. And yourself?
2: I'm doing great. Now you know what I'm going to ask you, right?
1: Yeah. Um... What, what
2: What edition is episode number thirty-five?
1: I don't know. We didn't look this up before the show.
2: (laughs) I purposely didn't say anything because I did. I looked it up.
1: You you jerk.
2: (laughs) You have a lot of winners to pick from. Uh, Do I? Actually, I'll take that back. Glenn Healy. That's a pretty good one.
1: Yeah, Chris Osgood for a bit,
2: obviously. Al Al Montoya was the last one to wear it.
1: Sure. Um, I don't know. The goalies really love their 30s, right? I'm going to go Tommy Salo. There you go. Probably the longest standing in that list. Yeah, he's got four years there. So, Tommy Sallow. Done. The,
2: the Tommy Sallow edition. Forgive me, I don't remember Tommy Sallow.
1: How do you. 95, 99? How old were you then?
2: I was zero to four.
1: Well, Okay. Oh boy. I'm yeah. not old at all. No. Just a little bit older. But, like, he, he was okay. He had, a, like, a, just around 900 save percentage while he was here. What was it? It was a 902 and a 277 goals against average while he was here in 62 games.
2: You only played 62 games over four years.
1: Yes, well, one year he played six games, the next year he played ten, so you didn't really get a lot of work in him.
2: <laughs> oh god, a lot of real winners for a 35. Apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we only have a few good goalies, so yeah, like after- throughout our history. <laughs>
2: Billy Smith, Chico Rush, and then a big drop off.
1: And then theoretically, we can claim a fame to. Um, oh my god, I am going to Roberto Longo just because he was kind of here and we drafted him. That's our that, only claim to fame.
2: It's a little bit of a stretch, but, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot bit of a stretch.
2: Yeah. Speaking Ugh. of stretches, I don't know how we could segue that, but that's how we're it's going to do it. It's sure. a stretch, sure. We're going to talk about the Islanders' fourth line this year, and it's stretching our pocketbooks. <laughs> Oh, zinger, That joke. Just
1: left, right.
2: Let's go. And it wasn't good. We, we crunched the numbers. Like, everyone was saying that, yes, they're overpaid, and they don't really produce that well. And we actually researched it. We did an Excel sheet and everything, with some capital J journalism from us, <laughs> and we figured some stuff out. So, Mitch, do you want to share some of the findings that we found? Sure. So what we
1: did is we looked at three different categories. We looked at payroll. So how expensive is that fourth line compared to everyone else? So this is all compared to every other team in the league. And obviously we all know that lines change. So we just picked a a date and whatever that fourth line was on that date. It was later in the season. So it's just right before the end. So it's a pretty good show of who uh, actually fits on that fourth line. Um, it also considers maybe players that they're trying to test out for next year, so we figured that that was a good time to test. Um, we tested production, and by that, we we didn't just test by the number of points, but we looked for production over 60. So that was—it's it's relative production. And P.S. on relative production, I was getting into it with this guy on Twitter. Like, honestly, seat 4 Percentage is a percentage. It's not a volume base. So you can you can base that and compare it to the rest of the team and compare it to players without having to factor in ice time. That's how Corsi works. Ugh. Anyways, (laughs) production in and of itself isn't a relative measure. It's just a volume measure. So you to compare accurately players across lines based off of the amount of ice time they're getting, you break it down by sixty. And so we did that. We figured out what the. Well, not what we didn't figure it out. It was already there available for us. Most of this, the stats come from Corsica.hockey. Um, and the payroll comes from, what is it? Uh, Cap Friendly. Anyways, we also figured out or used their Corsi 4 percentage and tried to assess how that lineup did in terms of creating and generating possession.
2: And the numbers weren't so good from what we found.
1: Um, Two of the numbers were one was okay. The other two were terrible. Uh I can imagine you could let me. I know you know, but I, I'd be interested to know what the listeners thought the two bad one bad ones were without knowing the stats just yet. Do you think it'd be obviously payroll would be one, but do you think they'd go production or Corsi?
2: I would think production, although it's close.
1: See, I wouldn't. I think people would go. More Corsi, at least I was, because when I picture um, Casey Zizekas, I think of a guy who's good at keeping the puck going in the other end. He's good on the forecheck, so is Cal Clutterbuck, or that's at least their claim to fame. Maybe not by themselves, but at least by what we keep hearing and what we we generally see glimpses of it here and there, that they're good at keeping the puck on the other end. But when we look at the stats, they aren't. They rank dead last in Corsi 4 as a line as the, the, the trio of Ross Johnson, Cal Clutterbuck, and Casey Zekas are 31st in terms of Corsi 4 with the 41.6%. Ooh. Which is bad, considering the top one, the top performers, Carolina, with a 54.6. Like, that disparity of, of 13 points is huge.
2: It's a huge—yeah, you're right. We can't downplay that percentage. It's a big drop-off.
1: And also consider the next team, so ranked thirtieth, is two percentage points better than the Islanders. So already from first to worst is a thirteen point or thirty percentage point difference, and then from thirty first to thirtieth is a two percent percentage point difference. That's huge.
2: Yeah
0: that's bad. a
1: huge so gap just going to the next level. Right. That's how bad they are.
2: They're bad by a mile. Yeah. Or a kilometer.
1: Yes, thank you. You're welcome. That's two point two kilometers if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, yes, 2.2 kilometers is a mile, or something like that. Sure. Anyways, Sure. Um, and then we looked at production, and their production per 60 averaged out to be 1.3 points per 60 as a line, which was 10th in the league. All right. So in terms of production, they're not too bad. But honestly, a lot of that, that 1.3 was carried by Ross Johnson, who had a, what was it, 1.62, I think it was? A 1.62 points per 60 in his games.
2: So the bad part is that they're the third highest costing one, and they're only giving you the 10th product, best production, which is slightly above average, and they're giving you the worst possession numbers possible.
1: There it is. Yeah. So the only teams that pay their fourth line more are the Philadelphia Flyers, who pay, what is it, Matt Reid, $3.6 million, and Jory Lethera, $4.7 million. That's rough. That's bad. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning that pay, I think it's uh, Ryan Callahan, $5.8 million to be on, his, on their fourth line. That's very bad.
2: That That's is also bad, bad, but when they have that kind of offense, they kind of can cover up those issues.
1: Well, the, yeah, the rest of the team is good offensively, but their offense, so... Chris Kunitz is the big the big driver on that fourth line with a 1.6 um, points per sixty, but he also makes two million on the cap. So uh, Ross Johnson makes six hundred thousand, and he's got about the same production. True. So obviously, like he, his sample size is smaller, but again, per sixty, so relatively speaking, they're at level because that's what a relative stat is. God, it's gonna burn me all night.
2: Ah. He's really upset about this. He really – whichever internet commenter got him today.
1: They got me. They got me. I,
2: I, could, t- I could see it in your face. You don't look Cause yourself. He's so
1: smug about it too. Like, why didn't, you, why didn't you use that? What are you trying to say? It's pretty clear what we're trying to say. The first line – sorry, this is all a tweet that we have. It was our Wednesday workbook tweet where we, we tweeted out that the Islanders' first line in terms of Corsi 4 was ranked eighth amongst lines in the team. So amongst variations of lines. And this thing was like, well, you didn't take into time on ice. No, we didn't because time on ice would make it worse. They have 600 plus minutes on ice together, and they're still the eighth best line in terms of generating possession on the team. Oh, well, it's not um that's not relative. It does it is a relative stat. It is. It's a percentage. That's exactly that's what percentages percentage works. Like I I I understand that you could probably make it out to be like, well, based off their time, they get more, and you could even make the argument that they're maybe on the ice against better Corsi C14 players, sure, but that's not the argument that's being made here. The simple argument that we're making is that in terms of possession, they aren't the best of the two, or the best of anyone. There's eight There's eight combinations that are seven, combinations that are better than that. Anyways, let's not get derailed on it. Fourth line, pfft, bad.
2: Yes. The moral of the story is the Islanders are way overpaying for their fourth line, which comes as no surprise. No. And they aren't producing to what they're should be based on how they're being paid.
1: Well, and, and that's that's the problem, right? Is that because of how they're being paid, we then project them to be better than they are. That's like saying Wade Renan was a first-pairing defenseman because at one point he was making like $6 million. He never was. It's just the Rangers were dumb enough to pay him that kind of money. They're, he's not going to say no. Cases, Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck aren't going to say no to that kind of money. And it's not their fault that they're not producing up to that standard. That's the Islander's fault for, like, here, do you want you want $3 million a year? Heck, yeah, I do. Give me $3 million a year, and I'll play, like, 10 minutes a night for sure. Don't expect much from me, but, hey, if you're going to give it to me, then that's not my problem.
2: Right. I think it would just be a little bit different feeling if, yes, they had the third highest cost, but they were top five in both production and Corsi.
1: Right. And I think that's what we were trying to get at, is that we were trying to give the team, for some reason, the benefit of the doubt to say – is there something to this cap hit? And, and and again, remember, it's not just the cost. Like they're on the books for that cost for years.
2: Yeah, another four for Clutterbuck and three for Suzekis. I believe that's right.
1: That's nuts. That's six point what is it? Six point eight five million dollars on the cap for the next four sorry three years for fourth line players. That's more than ten percent of the cap in two players that play between 14 at best and 10 minutes a night.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, Mitch.
1: That's not good.
2: No. But the Islanders are kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Unless exactly. unless you give up a pick and retained salary for the Cracker Jack salesman or whatever, like you're not gonna get anything in return for that. Like,
1: no, you're you're never get that and They're also like what, twenty eight? No, Cal Clutterbuck is in his thirties.
2: I think Clutter might be twenty nine or turning thirty, and Zezikas is probably twenty six or twenty seven. If I had to guess.
1: So let me. Cal Clutterbuck is thirty. Okay. And Case Zezikas twenty seven. Okay. So by the time Cal has done his contract, he's got one, two, three, four, five years, including this one. He'll be between 33 and 34 years old. A 34-year-old Cal Clutterbuck is going to make $3.5 million a year. He's already not producing. He might next year. He, you might get one more year of, of let's say, 20 to 30-point production out of him. That's peak. That's max. That is the ceiling for yeah, $3.5 million.
2: When the Islanders signed him, I think they were banking on him putting up close to, like, the 15 goals a year.
1: How? How is that going to be possible from Cal Clutterbuck?
2: Well, what did he put up the year before he was signed? It was, like, 12 goals and, like, 20-something points, no?
1: Uh, You might be right. He put up 15 goals and 8 assists in 15-16.
2: Yeah, that's the year I'm talking about. I think they were assuming that But that's still
1: a 23-point season. Like his best season was in Minnesota where he put up 19 points, or sorry, 19 goals and 15 assists. That's back in 2010, 2011. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't, it, it doesn't make any sense. And it, it didn't make sense then. It doesn't make sense now. And we've justified it that it, sh- that it doesn't make sense, at least out of this year. It didn't make sense this year. And it shouldn't make sense going on, going forward. Like, maybe Casey Zekas, and, and, I, and I've said this before. I don't mind have, having him as a third line center. I really don't. And that's based off of the lineup they have today. Right? Like I'd rather Cases Zekas at the third line center than Brock Nelson.
2: Okay. I think that you could kind of make that argument.
1: Now, if, if we're saying could we get a scoring fourth line or third line center over Cases Zekas? Sure. Fine. Cuz Cases Zekas is probably the best fourth line center in the league. This still doesn't mean he needs to be paid three point two five million dollars,
2: right? Or and whatever it is. Tyler Bozak
1: as a fourth line center, third,
2: third, third, third.
1: Okay, sure. Again, I, I it. it's going to depend on the cost because if he's we're going to be paying him three million, we're already paying a guy for that.
2: Three, you wouldn't sign up for three million for Tyler Bozak?
1: I, I would, but then we got six point three million dollars on the cap in a third and fourth line center. That's a lot of money. Like, I'd rather have Casey Zekas go up to the third and Alan Quine as your fourth line center.
2: Balzac like had 43 points this year and, 50, yeah, you think he, and 55 the year before.
1: Do you think he's going to do that on the Islanders' third line?
2: With Bellows and Hosang? Yeah. Uh,
1: well, okay. So, that that's where we we, we, we differ, I, I guess, in where we were going. Is that I was assuming what the lineup would be like now. So, you have um, Andrew Ladd next to him and Who'd be the other winger?
2: Brock it's, Nelson. I don't know.
1: Like that—that—that's my world based off the, the current stat, the current roster now. Because as it stands, I don't know how they're going to fit both Bellows and Hosang in the lineup next year. I really don't.
2: You could finagle.
1: Oh, I—I I know they can make moves. I'm i again, I'm saying based off of how it's built now and who they currently have on roster, what, all the names they have now. I don't know how they do it. Now, they can finagle it, like Shane Prince could be gone, he's an RFA, um, Wagner could be gone, that's a UFA, same thing for Quine, could be out of there, Nikolai Kuhlman's gone, so we're already looking at three or four spots, so Brock-a-tron. the possibility is there, but like, it's still going to take some finagling.
2: You know Brockatron's getting moved this offseason, right?
1: I, I want to believe you, but I don't. I really believe don't, it. I think he stays.
2: Hop on the bandwagon now, you still can. I,
1: I-, I would like to, but I am hesitant.
2: You're like one foot on, one foot off.
1: I, I want my one foot on, but both feet are permanently firmly planted outside of the band.
2: You're, you're thinking about buying your ticket, and I'm on the caboose waving to you.
1: <laughs> it's on sale, Mitch. 20% off. Yeah. Um, yeah, no.
2: Just remember this when he gets moved before the draft, and I tell you I told you so.
1: Oh, well, how can you tell me I told you so when I... I don't want I, – I want to believe you. I just don't because I don't think Brock Nelson gets moved. I want him to. I very much want him to. So if you're right, then great. I would be super happy if you were right. But I just – I don't see it.
2: Open your eyes. You could see anything.
1: <laughs> okay, thanks.
2: Philosophy um, two.
1: Update on the Corsi situation. There is such a thing as relative Corsi four. And guess what? Guess what? What? Andres Lee, John Tavares, and Josh Belly rank eighth. Eighth in relative, relative Corsi percentage to the .06. Eighth. They don't move. They don't get any better. They don't get any worse. So come on. Ah.
2: Oh, man. Hopefully the ah. internet commenter is listening.
1: He, he, he must be. He's, I know he hate listens. I know he hate follows. Um, so you got me. You got me right. I'm going to go to bed and be like, relative Corsi. My wife's going to be like, what is he talking about, relative Corsi?
2: <laughs> you tossing and turning in your sleep just yeah. thinking relative Corsi. Oh, God. As the, I think that's it on the fourth line. Did you have uh, anything else to add?
1: Um No. like I, I'm excited for Ross Johnson next year. If he can keep up this production, I'm really excited because he also adds that dimension that everyone's been calling for. We need a more physical presence. And I was very... Uh, hesitant to add just a player who can just fight. But the guy can fight, clearly, but he can also add that extra scoring dimension, which is a perfect kind of Clark Gillies mend. He's never going to be a Hall of Fame player. It's just like Clark Gillies kind of the Venn diagram in terms of production and, and, and physicality. He was right in the middle.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think I want to see him in a full time role. I think he'd be an asset.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I'm excited.
2: So for our second short topic, we started doing player grades. Now that the season's over, so far we have Barzal, JT Nelson, and Thomas Grice. and Thomas yes. Hickey too. I forgot about right Kitz, Thomas Hickey, of Good course. Old Thomas Hickey. So, do we want to go? How do we want to do this? Do you want to go through and give each grade first?
1: Yeah, let's read off their grades and then thumbs up, thumbs down. How about we do that?
2: Sure. All right, so first on the list, we'll do Barzal. I gave him an A plus.
1: Okay, well that's easy. There's there's no there's no question. That's that's a thumbs up.
2: Thumbs up, right? How could you yeah. give him anything besides a A plus? Yeah. You did JT. You gave him an A, I believe. Yes. Okay. So there's, you're giving yourself a thumb up.
1: I'm giving myself a thumbs up for sure.
2: I give you a thumbs up too. I think oh, it was an A season.
1: Oh, you had me going there for a second. Why? Wow. So, well, like I, you kind of paused, and I thought that you would be contrarian, just to kind of like, you know, poke me a little bit more, push that little button.
2: No, I'm very, I'm anti, anti Tavares. The people okay. who are anti Tavares, I'm anti them. So double right.
1: anti. <laughs> There's a few anti Tavares people out there. Yes, and for some reason I don't understand, he's not a good defensive player. Oh my God, yes he is, but like, yes he's not, he's not going to win the Selkie. I don't care. I don't care if he doesn't win the selkie
2: yes he's a good captain too so That's shove
1: true. it yeah shove it
2: uh all right so we're two for two on a green brock nelson okay i gave him a d minus yeah i'm gonna
1: give that a thumbs up i honestly thought you were gonna go lower when i read it and i saw you gave him a d minus i was going really i thought there was gonna be an automatic f no matter what
2: the you want to know his saving grace
1: Nineteen goals, breaking the fifty-five period.
2: No, well, the it? the Detroit game was the only thing that made it not an F.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair, I guess.
2: It was too good of a game and to not fail him.
1: Okay, we'll, we'll we'll circle back to these. We'll circle back.
2: Okay, then Thomas Grace got an F.
1: Yeah, easily. Easily, it's I, I I like the guy. I want him to do better, but he didn't. So there's there's no other way to go with this.
2: No, and then Kate gave Thomas Hickey a B minus.
1: See, now that was a little interesting. Okay. So I I didn't think that she'd be sympathetic. I know that she likes Thomas Hickey, um, but I thought that she would still because of that that because she likes him I thought that she was going to be a little bit more critical but I'm I got on board with the B I was with her on that for what he did and where he was on the team and considering everyone else around him was absolute garbage I think you have to give him a B at worst a B minus I think she said as well
2: yeah she said either B or B minus in that range
1: yeah
2: uh, I don't yeah you know what I think that's pretty spot on. I think Mm -hmm. C plus would be too low and B plus is definitely too high. That's right. So either between that B minus and B range, I think is pretty fair. So on a hundred scale, that's like 80 to 85. That's yeah. Percentile. Definitely. It, it,
1: It just makes sense. I understand that he wasn't great. None of the defenders were, but in terms of everyone else on the team, and we're not giving him a grade based off of the league, we're giving him a grade based off his season. He still had a good season. I think he, did he not get up there in points? He was like 24 points or something on the season. I obviously don't have the stats in front of me. Um, so I'm just like spewing random nonsense as usual.
2: 25 um, in 69 games. It's pretty good.
1: That's pretty good. He was benched a lot, right? He was a healthy scratch a lot of the time. Um, So that's kind of fair. I don't think that's a career year for him, is it? It is. Yeah. That's a career year production-wise for him good job Thomas Hickey
2: that's 30 points over 82 games that's pretty good the pace yeah
1: that'd be tied in second in production on the team for defensemen right so I I think that that's fair Um, so if we, we we reverse engineer this we did we started we ended with Hickey and we we went through him first so next is Grice I don't think there's much to say there like he was terrible he had a bad he, year.
2: Yeah, I pulled up a lot of the numbers. He did not rank well at all comparatively to other goalies in the league. He was like 40. I wish I had the exact numbers on. But I'll, right, I'll,
1: but we, we don't want to compare him right now to just the league. Just just his season in general, right?
2: Right. Like one of my favorites, goal saved above average, negative 17.85. Uh, quality start percentage, .360. Yeah. Not good. Which was almost half of what it was last year. Yeah.
1: Like, Only- the guy had a bad year. There's no better way to put it. So, like, you can't give him a D because you feel bad for him. You can. You're allowed to feel bad for him. I do. The guy had really two really good years, and then when it was his time to shine— Maybe not his time to shine. Maybe that's too harsh. But when we really needed him, they just—he he didn't do it. Which— Like he still had two great years, he earned the contract he's got. He does Um, now. If he keeps doing this, he's not going to. But
2: are you are you nervous for the next two years?
1: No, not really. For a goaltender, for what should be a one B goaltender, no. I'm I'm going to equate this as having a bad year because he had two before that where he was good. So,
2: do you think he could bounce back at age 33?
1: Yeah, I do. At least another good season out of him. Okay.
2: I'm on the fence.
1: Yeah, I and think that's fair.
2: I'm. I feel uneasy on it. I think that would be the best way to put it. I'm not like get rid of him. He 100 percent stinks. <laughs> I'm not like. Also, I'm not like he's going to be fantastic next year either. Having a 9.25 save percentage. I'm unsure.
1: Right, and and it, it's going to depend on how the goalie situation works out for the Isles because obviously Yaroslav Halak is a big question mark because he's out of a contract at the end of the season. Are they going to keep him? Are they not? Uh, and if they do, is it just the same thing all over again? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and if they get a new guy, well, then where does uh, where does Grice fit in? Is, he, is it going to be a 1A, 1B situation, or is it really going to be a starter backup situation where he gets between 20, 25 games a year?
2: Yeah, I, I, again, it all depends on who's brought in with mm-hmm. Grice. Yeah, that's right. That, who else did we have to talk about?
1: I think we went then to Brock Nelson.
2: Nelson. He and didn't we gave ha-
1: him a D minus for D-minus. some reason because he played well against Detroit. I don't understand why we're we're basing his entire season grade off no. of one good game.
2: No, oh my god! Why do you, love you take Brock it Nelson so much? literally, Mitch? I said the difference between the D, the F, and the D minus is that game.
1: Why? Just because? But that's the thing. So we're talking about the seven sixth or whatever 5-4 Detroit game where they won in overtime after all those like ridiculous power points or power right. play goals
2: yeah I gave him an extra three points on a scale of out of 100 and that would bump him up to uh, 68 which is a d minus
1: so why that game why did that game matter oh so my <laughs>
2: much Jesus Christ he scored three <laughs> goals Mitch
1: it's I not rocket really. science.
2: He scored the game winning goal and had a hat he, trick. That's he why also scored
1: 19 on a season. He's not producing at the same rate. He was, he was also absent for 55 periods entirely throughout the year. 55, not just one period, 55, where he was absent completely. And you're going to give him a bump on his grade because he was there for one. I'm surprised out of you, Matthew. I'm very surprised. He
2: was sixth on the team in goals.
1: He was what in terms of points? It's not just about goals sometimes. Anthony Bovillier passed eighth in th- at the like the three-quarter mark of the season. Or sorry, with only three quarter a quarter of the season to play in.
2: He was eighth on the team in points.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. I I don't give him a passing grade. Or well, sorry, a, I guess a D isn't.
2: A yeah, that is passing. A D minus, a barely pass. He got a 66 on the on the geometry test. He, he's Get it by by the seat of his pants.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I give him a flat F simply because of he wasn't getting enough vitamin D between December and February. And then for some reason, we forget about that all the time.
2: He was on pace for 27 points at one point. At the, if he ended with 27 points, that's enough. He turned it on a little bit. D minus. But we knew
1: he was. That's, that's also the problem is that we knew he was going to do that. F.
2: What'd you give him last year?
1: I don't remember.
2: We're going to find it. Is <laughs> anything above a D? We're going to lose. He had a
1: better year last year, though. We already know that. He had 45 points last year. It was a career year for him. He had how many points this year? 35. Yeah, okay. So he lost 10 points on last year, yet had the same. So
2: even if that's a C, and then are you going to bump that from C to F or C to D?
1: To F? He lost. 10 points on a year this is a guy who should be hitting 45 no matter what
2: all right so what if you put up,
1: that he was averaging 42.5 and he dropped that by seven
2: if he put up 45 points again what is that a d
1: if he puts up 45 points again i'd be willing to give him a c plus on that
2: so what's the d grade how many points
1: what's, what's a d grade 40 points if we're going to have to put a line, an arbitrary line in terms of production, 40 points is a D grade.
2: Okay. I don't agree <laughs> with your grading system. I wouldn't like to have you as a professor.
1: <laughs> no, I'm a harsh grader. I'm very harsh. Uh, unforgiving.
2: As for JT, I mean, he had 84 points this year, 37 okay. goals. Like that, That's an A. I not, what, because he didn't have put up 100 points, you're not going to give him an A? Uh, no,
1: it's not because he didn't put up 100 points. As he also had had that disappearance okay. for a little bit, that didn't help. Um, that wasn't good. And there's also just the whole rigmarole with the contract situation. I, 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 he's earned his right to go and do what he wants to do. It just seems that he's not very clear with his communication. True. And I actually I don't think I put that in there. I'm I'm, I'm doing that after the fact. I'm, I'm armchair GMing it. Uh, it's really just the wasn't there for a bit. It doesn't deserve a full letter grade down. It's really just not A plus material.
2: Fair enough. I think I A is fine. I agree with you that one. Yeah. And then Barzell just blew everyone out of the water. So yeah, how could you not give him an A plus?
1: No reason to give him anything less than an A plus. If you give him less than an A plus, I wanna know why.
2: Well, because he had
1: that like that, that turnover against Philadelphia maybe not turnover. The failure to pressure Shane Goss's behair against Philadelphia at the end of the season was awful. That was terrible. But that was also in game like 79 or something like that. So he had another 78 games before that where he didn't have those. So I'm I'm ready to give him a pass. A plus. Yes.
2: I, I won't take an A or anything less. A plus. No.
1: Get out of the class.
2: You're done. So definitely be on the lookout. We're going to continue these player grades. they are going to be more as we go along. So I'm sure we'll have more to talk about next week. Yes. Moving on now. Uh,
1: update first. Sorry. Update on the Corsi situation. Oh, God. <laughs> I have to. I have to get it out. There, there's a, actually a relative Corsi for per 60 stat. So this then takes into relative, which is based off situation, and then Per 60, which is based, also takes uh, time on ice into consideration. And the top line of Honorsley, John Tavares, Josh Bailey ranks what? Say you, Matthew ba- Bailey. I don't know why I called you Matthew, Matthew Bailey. Matthew Bailey? I'm just putting it out there. I was going to say Barzal, and then I corrected myself to Bailey, and that's, that's not it. I'm getting excited.
2: Okay, give it to me.
1: Sixth. Sixth. They jumped up two spots over, I don't even know who, but two spots. That's all they did. They went from... The relative Corsi 4 per 60 is 2.62, which, honestly, Jordan Eberle Matthew Barzell is better. Brock Nelson, Andrew Ladd, Tanner Fritz is much better. Andrew Ladd, Jordan Eberle, Matthew Barzell, way better. And Anthony Bovillia, Jordan Eberle, Matthew Barzell, 15.45 for your team leaders. So you know what? The top line was bad when it comes to Corsi 4, and every relative stat that you want to bring up, even though the stat was already relative, shows that they were not good possession-wise. Ugh! I'm done! Okay.
2: Are we done nerding out? Yes, thank you. Okay, there we go. We got, our, we got it off our chest. Sorry, we're going <laughs> to breathe in, breathe in, breathe out. Yep. Goosefraba. All right. <laughs>
1: don't, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: You've never seen Anger Management?
1: Well, I'm, no, I think once in an airplane and I fell asleep.
2: Okay, it's from that movie.
1: Okay, well, so not a good movie.
2: I can't with you tonight. I really can't.: <laughs> This is one of those this is episodes where the hosts are like the bickering, but it's not it's not playful. This is the, This is some real stuff going on here.
1: <laughs> this is real hate. Good there's thing some there's real hate the, going the on the border between us. Yeah, thank God.
2: (laughs) Um, So on to our short topic number three, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers have now clinched being 15 years in a row without a playoff series win. No other AHL team in history has done that. We're number one. We're number one. We're number number one. At At being being really really bad. bad.
1: So really bad. this,
2: This is irony, no? Dramatic uh, irony?
1: I, I I I don't think so, but maybe you can might you might be able to convince me there. Why why is it dramatic irony?
2: Because the Islanders are also bad.
1: Well, I don't know if that's ironic. <laughs> well, you listen to too much Alanis Morissette. Ten thousand I mean, spoons when all you need is a knife isn't ironic.
2: All right, so what would you call it? Uh, pff,
1: confirmation. It just confirms what we already know, that the Islanders, as an organization, don't know what they're doing.
2: Yeah. That's better. I like that better than mine.
1: <laughs> I just—does it matter? No. It doesn't matter.
2: Look, I, JF mm,
1: Berube won a memorial trophy. All right? So, whatever. Where is he now? Big deal.
2: I—see, I slightly disagree. Oh, Okay. I think it does matter that they haven't won because it shows how bad the pipeline has been.
1: Is it, though? When you look at the players that are on this team, is that pipeline that bad? I think it is. Anthony Beauvillier didn't play very long really, but he did. Ryan Pollock did. Devin Tays, although he didn't play this year, but he did play last. Um, The pipeline, still, Anthony Beauvillier is still part of that pipeline. So is Matthew Barzal, still part of that pipeline.
2: Matthew Barzell didn't play in the AHL.
1: I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about the pipeline uh, the itself. pipeline in general? The pipeline in general is there to serve the Islanders. It is not there to serve the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers are, are – well, what, what is the word I want to look for? I'm, I'm, ta- I'm thinking of the West Wing. They serve at the pleasure of the New York Islanders. That should be the motto of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers.
2: That's true, and I 100% agree with you. But it's not. you're not even at least a little concerned that they have gone 15 years without doing anything?
1: Well, I'm, I'm concerned, yeah, sure. But it's not because the Bridgeport Sound Tigers are bad. It's because the Islanders are bad. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers being bad is just, just kind of like putting gas on the fire. Like so this. that does matter. That is a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's, it just reaffirms what we already know. We already you're- know they're bad. The fact that the Bridgeport Sound Tigers are also bad is still bad. It's just kind of like more bad. You're adding bad to bad. That's all you're doing. You're, you're we're just so, fanning the flames that are already kind of like engulfing the entire house.
2: Kind of, yeah. So this is this is pretty much what you're speaking of. The flames and the fire. So picture a house engulfed in flames. Okay. Yes. Okay. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Have a garden hose with no nozzle. They they got their thumb over it, spraying down the flames, and you're saying that it doesn't matter.
1: What I'm saying is the house. If we're, lo- if we're using this as firehouse metaphor, the house is on fire, mm-hmm. and that represents the Islanders, the New York Islanders as an organization. And you come to me to tell me that the Bridgeport Sound Tigers haven't won or haven't gone to the playoffs in 15 years is. You going to that very same house and like fanning it with a piece of paper or fanning it with a book. You're not doing much. It's already on fire. It's still bad. You're just trying to make it worse. But it's not that much worse because it's already as worse as it can get. And then Gar Snow is a dog on the inside saying that's fine. (laughs) Like, It's bad. I'm not going to take anything. This is not good. But it doesn't make the situation worse because it's already about as – it's like peak bad. You can't go any higher than peak bad.
2: So you're, it's like almost so bad that it's good.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I like where you're going with it.
2: I'm so confused by your point.
1: My, my point is that it doesn't matter. That's my point. And the going into being bad is good it, it, it is an aside. That's just something that I like that isn't my point. My point is simply that the Bridgeport Sound Tigers not being good doesn't matter. It doesn't. I don't care. It sucks, and it's not good, but it doesn't represent anything aside from the fact that the Islanders as an organization don't know what they're doing, and we already know that at the NHL level. We're already very well aware of that. Right. So why are we bringing it up then? Because obviously we write the running order together. Um, I think it's important for us to conceptualize, to realize that that is a fact, Um, and maybe that... Does something maybe that like you're then this is where you're going with this so bad it's good, maybe it's so bad that at some point there's so much negativity that it is just coming from everywhere that the team has to do something they have to look at it and say like this is bad all over the place our NHL team can't make the playoffs our aHL team can't make the playoffs our gm doesn't know what he's doing we're gonna lose our star player like there's too much bad we need to win we need to, we need to do something. And maybe that forces them to make a change. Maybe just even firing Brent Thompson. Maybe that's all they need to do.
2: If their only move this offseason is firing Brent Thompson, I'm not going to be happy.
1: <laughs> I, I don't blame you, but me. It's it's, it's it's a start. It's better than what they've done so far, which is maybe Nothing. talk to some people who are still in jobs and are going to wait for them to like not be in a job anymore. Like one of those guys could be in the playoffs until the end. They're, they're talking to Patrice. Well, they're hoping to talk to what is it, Patrice Brisebois from the Tampa Bay Lightning, they could go all the way. You could be in June and still have not talked to the guy.
2: Potentially. Like, that's insane. So you just got to wait it out then, if that's your plan.
1: No, you talk to him now. Just talk to him now. Unless it, the, the, uh, the Lightning
2: are saying, don't, we don't want to talk to you. Or you they can't.
1: Don't. Why not? Is there a rule? Maybe there is. I'm, I'm asking seriously.
2: Well, you wouldn't say that's tampering?
1: Why is it tampering?
2: Not with a player, but he has other stuff to do. His team is in the playoffs.
1: Maybe. It's disrespectful. I understand it's respectful to wait. I get it. But you know what? What is more respectful is maybe making your team a winning team and waiting until June doesn't make any any sense whatsoever.
2: But nothing's going to happen between now and June.
1: Well, you're that much closer to a draft to prepare for. You're that much closer to free agency to prepare for. And the the new guy you're going to bring in is going to have weeks to figure that out. And we have two drafts in the lottery. By then, that'll be figured out. Like in 10 days, that'll be figured out. But he's still got to figure out who's going to draft. So we're going to put a guy in a position to take two lottery picks or two top 16 picks. And he's going to have weeks to prepare.
2: Give me 15 minutes with a mock draft. I'll come up with something better.
1: Yeah, but... (laughs) <laughs> no one will ever say that that is probably the most informed decision you could make.
2: What well, is the truth.
1: Right, well, obviously. Give me, give me the list, and I'll, I'll point it out. It'll take 10 seconds. It's not the most informed decision I could be making. I'm not looking at all the information that's available and, it's and fair- making the best decision. It's not
2: going to matter because you probably don't need to take any of the players in your first round. Train them both for a defenseman and a goalie.
1: Okay, sure. Who? And how? Again, you have weeks to make that decision, to make those negotiations, to make those calls.
2: Welcome Not to good. the NHL, baby. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs>
1: we clearly disagree no one on said this it guy. was going to be easy. No, no one said it was going to be easy. But you want to? I don't.
2: So okay, but let's say you uh, talk to him and he wants to do the job. Then what is it? Is he like? He's still focusing about the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: I'm saying he, maybe go somewhere else. Maybe okay, that's, that's not a completely the guy. different story then. Maybe the timing isn't right. You know, sometimes you don't date the people you want to date because the timing isn't right. That's a life story.
2: It is. It's happened to a time or two.
1: Exactly. So, like, maybe you try to find someone who's equally as qualified. I'm not saying I know who that is, I'm just saying there's got to be someone out there maybe you've been interviewing people for the last two million years. You've got to have a shortlist at this point. And if your shortlist is people who are already in the playoffs, you should have known this beforehand. You should have known. This isn't something new. Ugh. Like, they knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs, they being the Islanders, in March. Almost February, they knew they weren't going to make it. And just now they're thinking, uh, I think we, maybe we can go, like, talk to some people. Oh, you're in a job? Don't worry. We'll wait. It's okay. Why? It doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah. So maybe you focus on someone who isn't in the in a playoff position. Or not for as long. Yeah, A.K.A. Like, Tom Fitzgerald.
1: Sure, maybe, I guess. Like, why him?
2: He's with the Penguins organization when they were pretty good.
1: When they were pretty good? Where is he now? New Jersey. They're okay.
2: They went from... 70 points to 97.
1: Yeah. But again, how much of that is his doing? It, it's fair. Know. Like I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm okay. It's just kind of like, is that really the best person? I, I'm really just asking. No. It's like me saying um, we should sign Carter Hutton because of his experience in helping and and his uh, save percentage and his stats line from St. Louis are good. He's just older we don't know what he would be like as a starter, but we know what he's like as a backup. So why don't we give him a shot? It's it's kind of the same argument, just played out at a GM level. So I, I get yeah. your argument.
2: It's it's very similar, actually. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm glad I brought it up. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> um. So maybe maybe he's the best. Maybe he's the best fit. I don't know. I've heard Lou Lamorello. Like, yeah, he's great. Lou is great, but Lou's also like a million years old. Or 76 or something like that.
2: What about his son, Chris?
1: Sure, maybe, yeah. Like, you don't think he can call up the phone with his dad, who I think is going to retire at the end of the year, be like, hey, Dad, uh, what would I do? In, what would you do in this situation? Uh, well, I think you should do that. All right, done. Like, he's still getting Lou Lamorello advice for free.
2: Pretty much. At the dinner table.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I, I don't think that that's a bad idea kick him up kid Garth up to president you're good to go everyone's happy but apparently they don't want to do that well they never said that but if they're looking elsewhere then they, I don't imagine they want to do that because they would have by now why not
2: well, who the hell knows what's going on
1: that's what I'm saying I don't understand what is happening here
2: I don't get it nobody gets it really if no I'm one being completely gets it. honest no want to hop into the long topic of the week
1: yeah let's do that uh, now that speak- we've talked longly about other things
2: uh, yeah Garth Snow's evaluation yes now we're just looking at 2017 and 2018 correct correct still isn't good
1: well no obviously not
2: okay but some of the stuff we looked into was expansion draft slash entry level trades
1: sorry you mean entry draft and expansion and entry, draft
2: yeah expansion draft and entry di- draft yes yep. sorry I in a pretzel for a second trades free agency and on ice success Yes. So let's start with both drafts. It's kind of too early to tell with the entry-level draft. The expansion draft, yes, they were able to get Barube off the team, but they also gave up a first-round pick.
1: Yeah, they also gave up Mikhail Grabowski for $5 million off the cap. Right. That was huge. Um, overall, they, they didn't do great at at the the expansion draft. They did reasonably well because, again, like you said, they got rid of two players that they didn't really need. Um, but they also lost a first, a second, and a prospect. So, uh, for them not taking a team that finished seventeen points out of the playoffs,
2: right? It was uh, mediocre, maybe. Like there's Sorry. some pros and cons. So right down the middle.
1: I would say what what I meant to say with the seventeen points is they. Garth essentially, not essentially, literally protected a team that was worse than the team that the Vegas Golden Knights put together. Garth made sure and gave up a first, a second, a defensive prospect and Jean-Francois Berube in order for the Vegas Golden Knights not to take a team, not to take any player off a team that was 17 points out of the playoffs. That's not good.
2: So I, I'm going to ask you questions. going to be strictly based off memory because I don't yep. remember to be honest with you. I have it open here so it's good. Okay, if they didn't make that trade who do you think Vegas would have t- taken?
1: So it depends on who he protects, right? So yeah. again, he protected Polak, he, pretent- he protected Pellick. Uh, I don't think he protected Hickey. So probably Hickey. Okay. Right? and Which would be fine for us at this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Probably, right? Because he only played that one more year. Yes, he had a pretty good year for the Islanders this year. I'm not that He did.
1: Him. He had that 25 points. But if you're, if you're giving him up, then uh, I don't know. You, you tr- then he'd probably have to try to fill that void, and he might end up doing that. Although, does that then mean he doesn't get Jordan Eberle? Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows, right? Uh, I'm just going through the list now. Oh, my God, my computer is so slow. Uh, just to figure out exactly if he did or didn't, because I don't want to say he did and then he didn't. Actually, he did not. He protected Hamonic Letty Pelek, Pulak.
2: Hamonic like, Letty Pelek, like Pulak. On the defense. Both goalies, right?
1: Uh, yep. Josh Bailey was left unprotected. Hmm.
2: So was Brock they Nelson. Might have, they might have took Bailey then.
1: Yeah, Dehan was also left unprotected. They probably would have right. taken Dahan. Honestly.
2: Yeah, probably. That would have been a bigger loss. Then yeah. you probably don't trade Hamannick. No, definitely well, you Well, you just might have to because of his request slash taking it back slash really never took it back.
1: Right, exactly. So,
2: Who knows what could have happened? This Who is a whole knows? another scenario for yeah. another day. But, but it was uh, down the middle, I guess.
1: That's right. So the grade that we gave him was a C plus on that. Fair. For both the expansion and the the entry draft and remember in the entry draft he picked Sebastian Ajo in the fifth round and Sebastian Ajo played 22 games at the NHL level and looked okay yeah like that that's a good pickup and, and if you're asking why he went in the fifth round it's because he's small
2: pretty much like when or we talked about David Quenville a couple of weeks ago
1: that's right so I think he's like 5'10 I'm gonna say Sebastian Aho.
2: sounds about right
1: why uh, oh, can't I find him in the roster there he is uh, what is he? Five ten, one seventy six. He's not light, but he's short. Mm-hmm. But um, so that 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 gave him some points because if you're going to pull out a guy in the fifth round who played twenty two games that year, that's pretty good.
2: Exactly, one hundred percent agree. And then the second criteria was trades. Mm-hmm. The big one is obviously Strom for Everly.
1: Oh yeah, easily. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What were you gonna say? No, I I was thinking of that the the one, but definitely the Strom Everly one is better than that.
2: So what was the grade that we gave him for trade? B plus. B plus.
1: Yes. So he he did well. He did two good trades in Ryan Strom for Jordan Everly. That's a great trade that worked out super well for the Islanders. They added thirty four points to their roster. Mm-hmm. Um, just like that's nothing. They gave up. Less than what they got in in, in difference, right? Ryan Strome. Actually, no, they gave up the same. Ryan Strome put up 34 points for the Edmonton Oilers, and Everly put up 34 points more. No, that doesn't make sense. I'm off by one point. Either way, it's very happen. close. Yeah, it's close. Well, There's something I'm missing here. Then he got Travis Hamonic. He got a first and two seconds for Travis Hamidick. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's yeah great. That's... so just on those two that's great. But then there's the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, the Davidson and Wagner and then not really making a big splash when they probably needed one. Mhm.
1: That that's just it. It's his grade fell because of what he didn't do rather than what he did.
2: That was my question was did what he didn't do factor into the trade grade also?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, because like I wrote here, even when Calvin DeHaan went down with injury on December seventeenth, and even after Johnny Boychuk also picked up an injury later than, later on in December, Garth did nothing. And I understand sticking pat, but it's not like the Islanders were winning at that time either. So, like they're no. just bleeding points, and they weren't doing, anything. they just sat there going, "Well, I guess lottery picks for us." And going, "Yeah, but." It doesn't have to be. You're still putting up a ton of goals. Get some defense and maybe you're in the playoffs and maybe who cares about the firsts?
2: Yeah. Pretty much, right? Because at that point, yeah, the top two lines were still performing amazing, but it was the defense that crumbled and right around that time, December into January is when things really fell apart. That's right. So, who knows what would have happened if he traded for another defenseman that worthwhile. Someone a little bit higher up than Brandon Davidson, who's probably a third pairing guy. That's right. But all right. How about for free agency?
1: So for free agency, we gave him a D minus. Um so the reason we gave him a D minus is he did relatively well for staying away from the free agency at the beginning of the year. He didn't add anyone, right? He didn't go and grab an Andrew Ladd at five point five million dollars for seventy years. Mm -hmm. That's great. He signed Calvin DeHanso a single year. That was after arbitration ish. Like they went through arbitration, but they signed before the the agreement or the the whatever the ruling came out. Um, To three point three, that's fair. Then he also signed Dennis Eidenberg for reasons. Yeah, he gave him a two hundred fifty thousand dollar raise. He signed Pellick for four years and Scott Mayfield for five years. Now I know I don't I don't mind those deals so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but you venomously don't like them, so I kind of went with you on that.
2: Okay. Thank Um, you.
1: But then there's also the fact that the most important free agent that the Islanders have coming up, Snow isn't actually dealing with that at all.
2: No, it's apparently Malkin.
1: That's right. So this is part of... I think it was Arthur Staple, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just trying to bring up the link here. Yes, it was Arthur Staple who wrote that Malkin has been the lead, has been the point player in the John Tavares discussions and not and not, not Car Snow that's, that's a little
2: concerning, yeah
1: like you, you, can't, you can't have that like that, that, that's the GM's job, so clearly you don't trust the GM to do free agent deals, or at least you don't trust him to do it for your most important player and if your GM isn't to be trusted with your most important player's contract, what the heck is he there for?
2: Very fair point. Uh, would that give you an inkling that he's being moved out because he's not dealing with the most important contract?
1: No, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so because, look, if I don't have faith in someone and I'm their boss, I probably don't keep them, them around. Yes. Or I move them out of that position as soon as humanly possible.
2: Yeah, that's why none of this makes sense to me, honestly.
1: Exactly. Like If they don't trust him, and I don't think they do, move them move them they, they just don't seem to know who to replace him with maybe well you've had months to figure that out you've had years to figure that out you went on that yeah. like that that interview tour in the summer in the summer you knew that come on guys like I know. They, they could have hired Patrice Brisbois during the year even and that would have made more sense like Maybe he leaves and says, like, you know what, I'm actually going to go, because the Islanders are saying they're going to fire Garth today, and if I don't take it, then i are going to go with someone else. Maybe. Like I I don't I, I, Again, I'm saying that, but I don't actually know if there's any sort of rules in terms of GMs or, or executives moving during the season to a rival club. I, I don't know how that works. I know there was something when it comes to coaches, mm-hmm. right, that if you signed a coach while under contract, you got their second-round pick or something like that. I realize that is no longer the case, but that is something that used to be on the books. So maybe there's still something there for the executive class. It could
2: be. I I don't know off the top of my head, but it it certainly seems like a possibility where there'd be some sort of compensation given back to the team that loses their executive. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then lastly was on ice success. (laughs) Success is a very loose term in this context.
1: Super loose.
2: Did he I don't know what he got, but I'm gonna assume f
1: oh yeah easily It's a straight okay. f like on honestly why would he get anything but an f?
2: yeah, you can't because there is too much talent on this team for them to finish this bad
1: and it'd be one thing if the the gm made moves or tried to address it or tried to do something and it didn't and it didn't pan out you're like well maybe you made some he just made some bad moves, but he tried he didn't even try it it just seemed like he was just kind of. Letting the motions of the oceans go and be like, all right, yeah. well, let's see what happens.
2: Like he's captain of the ship and he's sitting there at the wheel as he's sinking, going down, not doing anything, not trying to, you know, bail out the water, nothing, just sitting there as they're going <laughs> right down. I it's just so.
1: And they were 17 points out of a playoff spot. They were 16 points worse. I mean, not 16 points worse. They were how many points worse than last year? They finished with 94 last season?
2: Yeah, and they finished Six, with eight. 80, so, so 14.
1: They're 14 points worse than they were last year. Awful.
2: That's a Awful. big difference.
1: Obviously, it was a tougher year. They needed 17 points to make the playoffs this year. 17 points, sorry, 97 points to make the playoffs this year. Instead and they only needed 95 last year. Mm-hmm. It's only two points, but still. They weren't even close, though. They weren't even close. Yeah, it's not like they were close
2: the- to 95. That's right.
1: And, like, look, everyone on this team is, Garth, is Garth's man. Everyone on this team was either drafted by, brought in through free agency by, or traded for by Gar Snow. Every single player on this team. So, like, he assembled it from the ground up over 12 years, and they still were 17 points out of a playoff spot. If that's not an indictment of the GM, I don't know what is.
2: Certainly, you're certainly right, my friend. So F. I can't F, Def big time F. Overall.
1: F. F. So overall, what I tried to do, what that wasn't just a narrative thing. I actually graded that out. I took every grade from every criteria and then weighted them. I gave it so obviously a letter grade is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. I, I gave them top marks on that spectrum. So if you got a B plus, I gave them the top of a B plus, which is seventy nine percent. If you got a D minus, top of that, which is a fifty nine or something like that. And then I averaged it out, and it averaged out to 49.2% or something like that, which is an F.
2: That is definitely an F.
1: So you almost made a D-, Garth, but you didn't. And I was trying to be fair. Sorry. You did,
2: you did try to be fair. And uh, oddly enough, according to some people on the internet, we went after our quote-unquote boy, Garth Snow. I, I don't that. understand
1: that. Where did we get that mix? I, I swear to God, it's Pharrell's article that he wrote like two years like ago. Two
2: years ago. Saying that yeah. like
1: Garth is smarter than you. Yes, one of our writers wrote something saying that Garth Snow was smart. It was very tongue-in-cheek, and he was still actually trying to make a point that Garth Snow wasn't an, a dummy.
2: If you actually read it, the, one of the last lines says, Garth Snow has mostly been bad.
1: Yes. And it, to be like he, he's done some good stuff. Sure. That, that Ryan Strom, Jordan Everly trade, great, fantastic. Griffin Reinhardt for essentially Matthew Barzell and Anthony Beauvillier, amazing. That's perfect. Oh, my God, that's amazing. But we've never said that that is because of that he should keep his job. We've never said that ever. So because we wait one article with a positive headline, people go, oh, that's it. I made up my mind. It's, it's just it, like the the commenter you had today. I read it. I read the headline. I didn't read the article.
2: Yes, click through. The... For the love of God, click through. That's all we're asking, right? Yeah.
1: It saves up a headache. Uh, it saves us from having a headache at night.
2: It definitely does. I want to move into the social. Spice things up a little bit.
1: Sure. I, I've got nothing, but sure.
2: All right. I'm gonna carry the team. I'll put the team line uh, back. Spending and get us too much the social. time
1: on on looking relative Corsi four <laughs> for sixty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mitch, I love your analytics use. You. That's amazing. Uh, I want to start with the Tom Fitzgerald rumors because that was a big topic of conversation on Twitter this week. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's any substance there?
1: I don't. Like, maybe. But, like, I don't know what to believe with this team anymore. Like, I th- it, it was Bada that broke it, right? Yeah. Sure, maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to believe from that guy necessarily. Like, it, it sounds like a guy who's always getting up in his soapbox, and that that's fine. He the, maybe he's right. I I have no reason to, to to doubt him. I just don't know what this team anymore. Maybe they, they at one point they did ask these three people, but now they're just kind of like, oh, we don't know. So um, we're gonna go in a different direction. So he might be right, but who knows if that's that, that that's factual anymore? Because we don't know what this team is
2: doing. No, I don't think there's any way to know and I don't think it's definite, but I think it's a possibility if that makes sense. I ther- I certainly think that's it's an option for the GM role if you're moving Garth Snow to the president role.
1: Yeah, I just want to see more more than just Chris Bada say that. And and maybe um Gross or Staple don't because they still want to keep that access type thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel that now that Staples at the athletic, he he can get a not maybe get away with more, but he'll have he'll he'll do more.
2: You have more uh, leeway with stuff, I think.
1: I think so, and so I feel like if he had that scoop, he would confirm it as well. And I, I don't think he's gone out and, and and called it a lie or anything. I just haven't really seen him kind of second it, and maybe he did, and I just didn't see it. But I get whenever he tweets something, it comes up right on my phone, so. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to believe with this team anymore. He might be right, and I hope he is. I really do. I hope that Chris Botta had that. Um, his sources are accurate because I believe Chris Botta believes his sources, and I believe his sources are giving him good information. But I don't know with this team. I. I really don't know.
2: No, I'm. I think I'm in the same boat with you, in this one. Yeah. Another one that I had. Vegas's early success is killing me.
1: <laughs> I, I wrote two things about Vegas and how it relates to the Islanders already. And yeah. it's not good.
2: No, it's not fun. It took the Islanders 23 years to win a playoff series round. They did it in one year. Their first. Yeah. Their expansion year, they swept the LA Kings. Marc-Andre Fleury, what a series he put on. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, well, that's almost to be expected. Not, maybe not to be expected, but he like I, just like he did with the Penguins last year, he'll carry them a certain way, but then there'll be no one behind him to do the rest. So it, yeah. it, it's, I don't think they make the cup finals. I think they're out by the conference finals at the latest.
2: Okay. So that kind of brings us me to my third and final social, which was an update on our playoff bracket.
1: Oof. Not good.
2: Yeah, so let's run through quick. Uh, we're going to start in the West. Nashville's up 2-1 currently. I think we both had them advancing, so yes. that one's looking pretty good. Winnipeg's up 3-1 on the Wild. We ha- both had Winnipeg advancing, so we're looking good there. Vegas swept LA. I have Vegas going to the Stanley Cup final, so I'm looking good. Mitch had them losing to LA, so he is looking really bad.
1: Already a loss for me.
2: Uh, San Jose's up three zip on the Ducks, and you said they were going to sweep the Ducks, so yeah, that's looking pretty good for you. On the opposite side, Pittsburgh's up three one on Philly, which uh. you said <laughs> took Philly. I mean, if they win three in a row, you'll be right.
1: Yeah, I guess. Sure. Good luck with that happening, me.
2: Uh, Columbus is up two one on ah. your Stan- Stanley Cup champion.
1: God, this is so annoying.
2: So that's not looking too good. Boston's up two one on Toronto. I think we both predicted Boston, but yeah, still a lot of series you. left. Yeah. And Tampa Bay is up two one on the Devils. I believe they are playing tonight. They I are. don't know what the score is. Let's check that now.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't have it open either. I, I haven't been watching a whole lot. Are you Are you watching the playoffs religiously?
2: Um, I'm gonna get a lot of slack, but I'm gonna say no. But because my Mets are on fire, so I've been locked into them.
1: Right. Fair enough. Uh, my Mets are not because I don't watch the Mets. Tampa Bay's up three one. Um, I don't watch baseball. And Philadelphia Pittsburgh won five nothing. Oh my god.
2: Oh okay. That okay. Never mind.
1: Yeah. Um. I've been watching this the, the St. sorry, not the St. Louis. The Winnipeg Jets-Minnesota Wild Series. I love it. I'm in love with it. Okay. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to start watching the Pittsburgh Series just because it seems like they score like a million goals either way.
2: Yeah. I want to be more involved. I really yeah. do, but baseball has gotten my attention a little bit right now.
1: Fair weather hockey fan.
2: I guess you could call me that. If the Islanders were in it, I'd be locked in.
1: Oh, sure. Easily. But, but they're not. But
2: right now, like <laughs> – my team is playing well, so that's I'm going to them, and I'm, I'm checking in. I know what each series is. I'm just not watching every single game.
1: Right. Fair enough. Well, there's a lot of games going on. Like, there's three games on tonight.
2: Right. Once the conference final rolls around, then the Stanley Cup final, I'll be watching. Okay. Like, Fair religiously.
1: I, I watch. I try to have it on every night. My wife is not happy about that because I'm essentially watching more hockey than when, I, when the Islanders are on, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that was it for me. That's all I had for the social, and I think that's all I had for the podcast today. Anything else you wanted to get off your chest?
1: One thing. We're sure. in need of writers. We want people to write for us. So if you have New York Islanders opinions, we will pop out a link on our, on our uh, Twitter account and our Facebook account and uh, apply. If you have something to say about the Islanders, apply, because we could use your voice on the site. Uh, it's not... We have a huge... We, we reach huge audience. We reach you. Um, we can teach you everything about editorial side, about SEO. Just come on out. Give us your voice. We could use it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're always open to new voices to add to the site. And with the off-season coming around, that's always an interesting time where you're – it's a lot of hypothesizing. So you have to think outside the box a little bit with your writing. That's what I found anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be a lot of fun.
1: It's definitely a lot of fun. It sounds like it's tough, but you end up having a lot of fun because you're looking back at old seasons. You're looking back at this season, and you're just like, like you said, a lot of what ifs or what could be. Or you got to get creative. Be. Yeah.
2: It, it lets your creative juices flow, in exactly. my opinion. That's why I enjoy it.
1: Perfect. That's all I had. What about you? Anything else to get off your chest?
2: No, that was it. So I just want to mention that you can follow us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. You can also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And as always, be sure to visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Not meads. Needs. Almost had a perfect reader.
1: Almost you and you and Bartolo Cologne almost perfect
2: almost perfect I know we were watching that almost <laughs> together because it was during the Sunday night uh, yeah. meeting that we usually do that so you pretty, saw yeah. my live reaction that
1: was, <laughs> it was good
2: that was uh, a good one I
1: think thinking right. of changing my, my Twitter name to at relative Corsi per 60 percentage on ice what do you think no?
2: I think it will be hard to find you
1: <laughs> yeah alright that's all I got
2: Mitch I'll talk to you next
0: week
1: talk to you next week